I have the privilege of teaching the kids and the youth. And um, one thing I might point out is that this section is very red. So that means these are Jesus's words. So um, starting verse seven, therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ways that you continue to speak through your word. We pray that you would give us good ears to hear from you today. Amen. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he says that he's come to bring life and to bring life to the full. The good shepherd offers abundant life to us. Receiving and experiencing this abundant life that Jesus offers is very simple. It's not complicated. There are not a lot of special steps you have to follow. There's no secret passwords. There is only one thing that is needed to receive abundant life from the Good Shepherd. Only one thing needed. To hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and to follow it. We're going to start today with a very brief lesson in biblical Greek. I have offered this particular lesson before, but it's important for us today. In English, we have this word life. And in Greek, there are two different words for life that are, tra uh, that are translated life in our English Bibles. The first is the word bios, and the second is zoe. Bios and zoe. This first word, bios, is where we get the word biology. It's kind of about earthly things. Um, in our English translations, both of these words, bios and zoe, are translated life. But it's important for us today to, I want to show you some ways that these two different words are, are different in their, their nuances. So in Luke chapter 8, verse 14, it says this. 
The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's, bios, worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. 1 John 2.16 For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, bios, comes not from the Father, but from the world. 1 Timothy 2.2, pray for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives, bios, in all godliness and holiness. Then in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, this is where we begin to hear the word zoe. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for life, zoe, does not consist in abundance of possessions. Matthew seven fourteen. but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, zoe, and only a few find it. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, zoe. Bias life is focused on the stuff of this life. Food and water and sex and possessions and money and paying the bills. Bios life is good. It is a gift from God. Bios is not bad, but it refers to those things that we can see and touch and taste and control. Things that we can buy and own and possess. But zoe is used to describe a kind of a fuller sort of life, a deeper and richer sort of life. Zoe is about experiencing those good things that we can't see, but that we want in the deepest places of our soul. Love, peace, communion with God, unity with other people. Both bios and zoe life are gifts from God, but zoe is what God really wants to give us. It's really, in the end, what he is going to give us, and it's what all of us most deeply long for. It's zoe life. Any time that the word eternal is used before the word life, it's talking about zoe sort of life. So in John chapter 10, verse 10, when Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, which of the two do you think Jesus says? Zoe. I have come that you may have Zoe, abundant eternal life. And this Zoe life, this abundant eternal life that Jesus offers, I want to say to you again, is very simple to receive. There is only one thing that is needed to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and to follow him. It's very simple. It's not complicated. There are not a lot of steps. It's simple, but it's not easy, is it? It's often hard to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. And it's often hard to make the decision to follow him. And there's a couple of reasons for why it's difficult for us to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and to follow. First of all, sometimes we just don't know how to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. And secondly, John 10 tells us that there is an enemy, a wolf, 
who will do anything and everything to keep us from hearing his voice. So two problems that we have for this very simple thing that we are called to do to experience abundant life, this very simple thing to hear the voice of the good shepherd, to say yes and to follow, two obstacles to that. One is sometimes we just don't know how to do it, even if it's simple. And second, we have an enemy who will do anything and everything, a wolf who wants to keep us from hearing his voice. So first, this idea that it's simple, but it's not always easy because we don't know how. A couple months ago, the garbage disposal in our house stopped working. And I'm pretty dumb when it comes to fixing things in our house. And so we just lived without a garbage disposal for a couple months. And Katie eventually got a little bit annoyed by this, and she found the company that made our garbage disposal, and she found a number, and she called, and the guy just said, well, it's probably just jammed, and what you need to do is just take an Allen wrench key, and there's a socket on the other side, and you just need to give it a couple of turns. And so we did. (laughs) And our garbage disposal works again. It was simple, but I didn't know how to do it. So how do we hear the voice of the good shepherd? I want to say today it's simple, but sometimes we don't know how to do it. And I just want to offer a few different ways that we hear from the voice of the good shepherd. First of all, it's through the Bible, the scriptures. God in his kindness has given us the Bible to help us to hear his voice. The scriptures are his words to us about what he is like, about how and why he made us. It's his word to us about what this world means and where it has been and where it is going. This fall here as a church, we're going to study the scriptures, where they came from. And it's our hope during that time this fall that each of us will find our own way with the scriptures, our own way of engaging and learning from the scriptures so that we can hear the voice of the good shepherd. So for this morning, I just want to encourage you, if you're one of those people today that thinks, you know, I want to hear Jesus's voice, I want to hear the Good Shepherd, but I just don't know how, I want to encourage you to open your Bibles and to simply read the stories in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read them. You're not going to understand all of it. Some of it's going to seem very strange, but just read them and read them again and read them again. And as you read them, the Holy Spirit will be at work in you for you to begin to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd as you begin to hear what he is like. Hear the things that are on his heart, the things that are important to him. He will teach you those things as you read about him in his word. A second thing that we can do to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd is to be with other believers. We need others who are following the Good Shepherd. We need help from others to help us hear his voice. We need to listen to them and to pay attention to them and to learn from them and to watch them. We learn so much simply by being with other people. And so we need to find other followers of Jesus who are doing their best or who may be um, a little further down the road in following him and spend time with him or her. Spend time with them. I don't believe I would be a follower of Jesus if it wasn't for my friends, if it wasn't for you. The Good Shepherd uses other people in our lives to encourage us when we're discouraged, 
to offer us faith when we're in doubt, to remind us what is true when we are in error. We need one another in order to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. Another part of hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd is to listen to that still, quiet, inner voice in our soul. One of the ways that the Good Shepherd speaks to us is in that quiet and subtle, but also very persistent voice in the deep part of our soul. Sometimes this is called our conscience, but I want to say to you that the better way to understand that is that it is the voice of the Good Shepherd that is speaking to the truest and most honest parts of you. The true and the best parts of you, the shepherd is there in your conscience, in your soul, speaking to you about who you are and guiding you to choose this rather than that. To choose that rather than this. In this voice, you know what voice I'm talking about, right? It's a voice that we often want to ignore Because it's a voice that is telling us to do the right thing, and very often the right thing is a hard thing. But it's a voice in us that insists that we be honest. It insists that we be true. And sometimes our honesty and our truth has difficult consequences. There was a little girl in Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher asked her, asked the, the class, what is a lie? And she raised her hand, and she said, a lie is a very present help in times of trouble. <laughs> it's true. Lying, dishonesty can get us out of some things, but that voice says something to us. It multiplies and complicates our life. Lies get us into more trouble. That is, tell the truth and get it over with. That's often what this voice in our soul is saying to us. And friends, I want to say to you today that it's spiritually dangerous to not listen to that voice. Because over time, that voice, while it is persistent, it becomes quieter. Listen to this voice. I want to say to you that it is the voice of the Good Shepherd speaking to the most honest and true parts of yourself and calling you to be more and more that honest and true person that he's made you to be. So these are some of the primary ways that the Good Shepherd speaks to us through the words of the Bible through other believers, and through that still, small voice deep inside us where the Good Shepherd speaks to us and directs us. Again, listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd is simple. It's not complicated. But in addition to sometimes not knowing how to listen to the Good Shepherd, we also have an enemy, a wolf, who is prowling around doing anything and everything to distract us from hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd. The good shepherd comes to give us Zoe life, abundant life. The enemy, the wolf, is out to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the enemy will use anything and everything to keep us from hearing that voice that leads to life. And one of the primary ways that the wolf works, I think, maybe throughout history, but definitely in our time today, is simply through distraction. 
Phones and other screens distract us from hearing the voice. It distracts us from the scriptures. They distract us from time with other believers. They distract us from time of listening to that still, small voice. Over the last couple of weeks, Katie and I have had a couple of evenings where we've went out with friends, uh, just uh, friends in our neighborhood to have dinner with them. Uh, They have kids about our age. And both times the conversation has turned to our concerns about our children's use of phones. And, And the reason we're concerned is not necessarily because we watch the way that they use them, the kids use them. We're concerned because of the way that we use them. (laughs) And we know that First of all, our kids are watching us, but also that our kids from such an early time in their life are using these things and finding source of comfort and safety and security and avoidance of boredom and all sorts of things by going to those screens rather than listening to the still small voice. Our enemy, the wolf, uses distractions, entertainment, Netflix, shopping, Amazon, We can so flood our lives with these distractions that the voice of the Good Shepherd gets drowned out. And the voice, the the wolf, also sends other voices into our lives. In addition to distracting us, the wolf sends other voices into our lives. Jesus in this passage talks about hired hands in this passage. It refers to leaders who take care of the sheep, but they only do it for themselves. They only do it for the money. They only do it because they have to make a living and not because they love the sheep. And there are a lot of hired hands in our lives speaking their voices into our life, inviting us to follow them. Okay, this is very obvious and a very easy target right now in our political season as we're entering this election year. We're going to hear voices from candidates who are going to tell us that they are the only ones who can make our country better. We're all going to shake our head and say, "Mm -hmm, yeah, we bet. It's important to remember that even the very best political leaders, the very best ones, the ones who do work for our best, they can only offer to us some modest improvement on BIOS life. They cannot offer Zoe. They cannot offer abundant life in any way. And yet, they receive so much of our attention. So much of our worry and our concern and our anxiety. There are many voices in our life, too, other than political. Health advisors and financial advisors and advertisers and marketers all clamoring for our attention, telling us that in one way or another they can lead us into making our life better. So many voices telling us that they have the answers, that they know how to provide leadership in our life. I want to say to you that one of the primary ways that you can discern whether or not a voice is the voice of the good shepherd or the voice sent by the wolf is whether or not that voice is making you anxious and fearful. The voices that the wolf sends focuses on our anxieties and our fears. One thing about sheep is that they get spooked really easily. They are anxious animals. They don't like loud sounds. They live their lives on high alert to danger, always listening and ready for the predator. 
And many of the voices clamoring for your attention and mine know that we get spooked pretty easy too. And so they speak to our fears. They tell us to be anxious and fearful so that we will listen to them who are claiming to have some answer to satisfy that fear, to make us safe. Friends, we are not kept safe by our fear. We are kept safe by the Good Shepherd. And in John 10, the sheep get nervous and scared and they run away when they listen to and they hear a different voice. When they hear the voice of a thief or a hired hand. And friends, those voices are everywhere. Fear and anxiety make lots and lots of money. And as human beings, fear and anxiety are strong motivators to action. And so we need to learn to filter out those voices that encourage us to be afraid and to be anxious and to learn to listen and to be quiet so that we can hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. In John 10, the sheep are at rest when they're listening to and responding to the voice of the Good Shepherd. This is where abundant life comes from, right? Listening to his voice and following his voice. What I want to do for the the rest of our time this morning is to simply remind you how good the good shepherd is. So that those other distractions and those other voices become less interesting and enticing to you. So you just allow for a few minutes for me to share with you how good our good shepherd is. John 10 says that the good shepherd knows, knows his sheep. That the good shepherd knows his sheep. There are all sorts of different farmers and animal caretakers that Jesus could have chosen to use as an image about his care for us. And he chose shepherds. And he chose shepherds because of the way that shepherds had to intimately know each and one of their sheep as they traveled all over the countryside looking for food. The shepherd had to know which of these sheep was prone to wander off so that he could have a special eye on that one so that whenever it wandered off, he could gather it back in. The shepherd had to know which of the sheep was most likely to get spooked when a predator was nearby so that he could make sure that he had his eye on that particular sheep to make sure it was close to the flock. A shepherd had to know which of the sheep was most most selfish and would like butt out all the other lambs when the food was around so that he could protect those little lambs from that real mean old selfish sheep. A shepherd has to know which one has a sore on its leg leg and which one had a wound on its back. The shepherd had to know his sheep and his flock so well that when he looked out and he saw that he had a hundred sheep, but there was one missing. He had to recognize that one that was missing and go find it. Jesus is the good shepherd. He says, I know my sheep. Jesus is good because he knows you. He knows all of the ways that you are prone to wander off. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what you are spooked by. He knows what you're afraid of, and he wants to protect you from those things and also to give you the courage to be strong and courageous and to face those things that you're afraid of. 
He knows when you're tempted to be selfish, and he knows all of your wounds, every one of them. And he knows how completely and totally dependent you are on him, even when you don't think that you are. We usually think we have our lives pretty much in control, but he knows how spiritually dependent you are. He knows your very personal sheepiness, all of the ways that you are foolish and all of the ways that you are weak. And he comes to you as a good shepherd and he cares for you in your particular weakness. Do you remember some of the stories from the Gospels when Jesus would encounter a person who he'd never met before? And all of a sudden he would tell them everything about them. There was a story of Jesus and the woman at the well. They sit and they begin to have a conversation. And this is a a broken woman, an isolated woman, a woman who came to the well at the hottest part of the day when none of the other women came because she was an outcast. And he sat with her and he spoke with her and he listened to her. And then he told her everything that she ever did. He He knew her. He never shamed her. He saw her in the ways that she had been outcast and put aside, and he met her right in that place. He knew her. Do you remember Jesus with Zacchaeus, that wee little man who climbed up into a tree so that he could see Jesus? Jesus had never met him before. But he's walking down the road and he sees Zacchaeus up in a tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come on down from there. I know what you've been doing. I know how you've been stealing from the people. But I want you to come on down. I'm going to go to your house and I'm going to have dinner with you. He met Zacchaeus right where he was. Friends, he knows all of those things about you. He knows exactly all of the things that are inside of you. He knows how insecure you are. He knows about the deep shame that you carry and how it causes you to cover it up with addiction or with success or with performance. He knows your failures. He knows your disappointments. And he wants to sit with you by that well. He wants to call you up in whatever tree you're hiding in. And he wants to meet you with his grace. Friends, he knows you. He knows the thoughts that you have in your head that you would be so ashamed of if anybody else knew. If your pastor knew, if your wife knew, if your husband knew, if your children knew, if your parents knew. He knows the wicked things that you think about other people. He knows your lustful thoughts. He knows your greed. He knows your lack of care and concern for other people. He knows. He knows all of that. And here's how good he is. He's the good shepherd who lays down his life for you. He knows. He knows you all the way down to the bottom of your soul. He knows you better than you know you. There are bad things down there at the bottom of my soul that I don't even know about, 
that I've forgotten about or I've chosen to ignore or forget. And he knows those things too. He knows and he laid down his life for me. Friends, when is the last time that you have been moved deeply by the fact that your good shepherd laid down his life for you? When have you allowed your heart to feel it? Not just to know it in your head, not just to believe that he did it, but when is the last time that you've allowed your heart to feel the pain and the despair of it all that he went through for you? Our enemy wants to distract you from giving your attention to the good shepherd. Wants to distract you from opening the scriptures to learn from him, distract you from other believers, distract you from that still small voice inside you that he is using to speak to you. But friends, you have a good shepherd, a good shepherd, a good shepherd. And he comes to bring you Zoe, abundant, eternal life. And he wants to lead you to it. And he desires it so much for you and so much for me that he laid down his life so that we can have access to it. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. Lord, we thank you that you know us, that you love us, and that you laid down your life for us. Lord, we thank you that you have made it very, very simple for us to hear your voice and to follow you. But Lord, we confess it's really hard. It's really difficult sometimes to hear your voice. Lord, for those times that we don't know how, Lord, I pray that you would show us a way to connect with you, to hear from you. Lord, I pray that we would recognize the voices that our enemy sends our way that distract us or that intentionally lead us down a different path. Lord, help us to see and to recognize those voices that cause fear and anxiety in us. And when we feel that fear and anxiety well up in us, Lord, may we listen for your voice. The voice that we can trust. The voice that we can know. Lord, in... Above all of this, we thank you that you laid down your life for us. I pray that we would know that that's true in the deepest part of who we are today. Amen.